Ben and I were dating at the time, so I'm actually pretty surprised he didn't run for the hills <laughs> after that. But if I, if I know know what I know now, back then, I whatever. No, I'm just Society's family unit is in crisis as less and less people are making the commitment of a lifelong partnership together. It has been normalized, encouraged, and easier than ever to just throw in the towel when the going gets tough. With time and a premium, start by spending 20 minutes per week gaining thought-provoking inspiration towards a journey of self-improvement, ultimately improving your marriage, your family, your health, and your home. The CDC estimates that one in six people will experience depression at some time in their life. The cause can be a variety of things, and so can the remedies. For this episode, we will be talking about our experiences with depression and anxiety. This episode will be personal, but we have discovered that it's nothing to hide from, and hopefully we can help others out there with their own experiences. This episode is personal for us because um, if you've been following us for any sort of amount of time, I've mentioned a couple of times that I do suffer from depression and anxiety. To begin, I just want to give a really brief history of how we got to where we are today. My pre-baby history, I have since in hindsight figured out that I have actually suffered from anxiety my entire life, but did not know that I had anxiety until I was a senior in high school. I realized I had several panic attacks throughout my childhood that went completely, uh, number one, undiagnosed and unmentioned and unrecognized and just completely forgotten about and moved on from. And then when I was a senior in high school, I had a severe panic attack that actually landed me in the ER. Since that happened, we at least kind of understood the anxiety portion of what I was going through, and I was a little bit more attuned to when that might happen throughout my college experience. It wasn't until five years after we were married that we had our daughter and figured out that I also suffered from extreme depression. Through evaluation, we figured out about three months into our daughter's life that I was severely depressed. Hopefully at some point this will be a little bit easier for our daughter to hear in the future or maybe even helpful for her because of the hereditary factors in depression and anxiety. I effectively do not remember the first three months of my daughter's life. It's as if my brain completely blocked it out. And I remember my family kind of intervening and thinking that I needed some help, Ben. And we lived with my parents at the time because I was having such a hard time with the newborn life. So through evaluation, I was able to kind of express some of the thoughts that I had had. I was so severely depressed that I truly felt that my pain would be taken away if I was no longer on this earth. And that is not to say that I was suicidal or that I wanted to harm myself or my daughter in any way. I was what they call passively wanting to harm myself. And to put it in perspective, if I was driving, I would have thoughts about not 
putting the brake on at the red light um, just to see what would happen. Um, so that's more of a passive approach to something like that. Um, and so that's when we knew that things weren't normal. Um, and so I since went through um, some therapy and uh, went through many different types of medication to try and figure out the right one. I don't feel that we ever really got to the root of things. We just at least were aware of things. My most recent panic attack um, did happen during pregnancy. Yeah. This would have been probably right at a year ago, I would say. Maybe somewhere around there. So that's good. I haven't had a panic attack in almost a year. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but I was pregnant at the time. I was very pregnant at the time. It happened um, when a glass broke um, from the dishwasher. Um, ben accidentally broke a glass. And I, I do say accidentally broke a glass. It did happen to be a special glass, but not that special. Okay, let's be honest. <laughs> I was under such a high stress point at that time that that became a trigger at that moment for me. And I ended up going into complete panic attack mode where I couldn't breathe. I started having contractions and I could not get myself calmed down. And this was the first panic attack that our daughter witnessed as well. Um, so that was a very important teaching moment for her too. Um, in the time that it took to calm me down back to normal and explain to her what was happening. Part of that too is that I was not on medication for about two years because we were trying to have a child um, and I didn't know what that would affect. So between trying to have a child and um, also pregnancy, I was not on medication for about two years. That leads us into the second postpartum. Uh, after our son was born in late February, when 2020 really began. <laughs> um, but we were, I think, super prepared for postpartum this time. We had discussed it throughout the pregnancy. We had prepared a lot of different things financially, um, just uh, help-wise, schedule-wise, you know, um, paternity leave wise, daycare, you know, different things like that. We had uber prepared. And so then COVID hit. And if you listen to our first episode, we quickly went into a downward spiral. I immediately, probably two weeks after our son was born, immediately called my doctor for my medication um, because I knew it was going to get bad. My second postpartum was not nearly as bad. I, I have definitely been present for the entire span of my son's life. Um, I remember everything, which is really awesome. That was the one thing that I wanted was I wanted to remember everything. So there were many times uh, during the early part of his life that we would just, that I would just sit and I would tell Ben, please help me remember this moment. So I'm very, very thankful for that. I'm very thankful that we caught it early and that we've been able to be home as a family for over eight months uh, with the four of us. That has been um, an absolute blessing. Definitely not a curse. <laughs> an absolute blessing. You know, thank you, 2020. I think I'm probably the only person in the world that can say thank you, 2020. <laughs> but that does lead us into something that is happening right now. I know I'm talking a lot in this episode, and you'll get Ben's perspective on that here pretty quick. But um, this is this is obviously something that I deal with on a daily basis. So the reason that this episode is happening now, which full disclosure, 
this episode was not going to happen right now. Uh, this episode was to, supposed to happen later on once we were a little bit more established and once we wanted to talk a little bit more about the tough topics. But earlier this week, I went to Ben because we both knew that something was happening. I had gotten off my medication a couple of months ago because things were going so great, COVID and all. Things were going very well. Um, I have found that my medication only works for a certain amount of time and then it definitely tapers off. So I try not be on it too long so that when I really need it, it's most effective. So I went to Ben earlier this week and I told him that I started my medication again because I felt like I was going into a low and that is brought on by a lot of things. It's brought on by life stressors. It's brought on by the weather. Um, if you live in Kansas, we got our first snow this last week. There was no sun. It was cold. It makes my body hurt. It makes me sad. I went to Ben earlier this week and said, I've started my medicine again. I'm at a low. I know that you feel it. I know that you can tell what is happening. I'm going back into my seasonal depression. I want to talk about this on this episode. I want to talk about what is happening with me right now while I'm in the thick of it. I don't want to talk about it in hindsight in some some sort of positive manner. I want to talk about it when I'm in the thick of it. So what does depression do to me? My One of my first signs that I know that I'm going into a severe depression is I am extremely tired, unrealistically tired. I know I have a newborn, I'm homeschooling, I'm working, we have all the things, but I can, I can do it. But when I'm depressed, all I want to do is stay in bed all day because I physically, for some reason, cannot bring myself to do a darn thing. I don't want to work. I don't want to play with my kids. I don't want to cook, which I love cooking. That is a stress reliever for me to cook. I do get the quote unquote winter blues, but I also do suffer from depression during the summer, which is really funny considering I love sun so much. It just happens. I can't explain it. Obviously this summer wasn't that bad because I was not on my medication this last summer. But uh, this winter obviously has been hard. When I go through my seasonal depression, I'm extremely irritable. Many things will set me off. I become angry mom again, which I do not like being angry mom. Um, my fuse is super short. I don't like it. I'm, it's not helpful. It's not productive. It's not how I want my children to remember me as having a short fuse. I get overwhelmed with the littlest things. I, f I feel that everything is a priority and nothing is getting done at the same time. Well, I think that feeds into many things. So decision making is really hard when it comes to sticking with our diet. That goes out the window, wanting to exercise. Mm -hmm. You can sleep 10 hours and still be exhausted it can lead to the cycle of feeling bad or guilty about what's not getting done, what you're not doing. I mean, it really affects a lot of things with kids, with friends, family, whatever. 
that's what's so ironic about depression is if I could if I could sum up my feelings in one word when I'm depressed, it's guilty. Um, and I've said that before. The, mm-hmm. the biggest emotion I feel when I'm depressed is guilt. <clears throat> and because I'm not a good wife, I'm not a good mom, I'm not a good friend, and I have extreme guilt over it. And it's ironic because we do practice this growth mindset, you know, and on a typical time in our lives, even with COVID and everything, we were able to push through that with this growth mindset. But for some reason, when this hits... I can't push through it and maybe it'll get easier as it goes on um, that I'm able to combat that guilt and those uh, limiting beliefs and all of those things. But when you're in the thick of it, like right now, there's just, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Mm -hmm. And you probably feel like you're staring at a blank wall most of the time. So the, Spouse perspective, uh, I'll try to be somewhat brief, but it can really sneak up. I've read that these things can really creep up on people in their late 20s or 30s. You may not think you have anything like this going on, and all of a sudden it can really uh, just hit you like a ton of bricks, and you didn't even see it coming. And honestly, that happened to us. We we should have seen some of the signs, but we didn't know. We, we didn't talk about these types of things as a family, and we weren't educated on it. So it really did creep up on us. And then I honestly, at many times throughout the course of our marriage, and this is mostly after all the postpartum issues, we, we knew something was wrong, but we didn't come from a place where we talked about mental health issues and it was just hey get over it buck up and that's the tricky part about it is you're very functional you're not in such a depressive state where you're completely disabled you'd like to be but I think you're still motivated enough to at least get up albeit slow Mm -hmm. kicking and screaming Mm -hmm. uh you're not happy about it but you keep moving. Yeah, people think that depressed people just lay in bed and sleep all day. And yes, I would absolutely love to do that someday. <laughs> and well, and they think it's just sadness. It's not just sadness. No. It's actually just like a numbness. You don't mm-hmm. feel anything. Things that typically make you happy don't make you happy. At many times it was so subtle that I didn't spot it and neither did you, but after a certain amount of time goes by, you start looking and you're like, something's going on here. You know, it's been a few weeks or in some cases, I think we've even recognized that it went on for maybe a couple months where it wasn't you sitting in a room crying and sad and down and, you know, the room's all dark and all these other images that come up. It was more of almost manic depressive at the same time or anxiety would be really high and you were irritable you were overwhelmed or flooded and emotional I think that we noticed that it was actually you were having to put on a front you were putting a lot of effort and energy into appearances that you know I was fine I was good Mm -hmm. I was happy everything's everything's cool we're good and you were doing that so much that it was exhausting you on the back end 
Um, and obviously sunlight helps, our diet helps, exercise, those things, but sometimes it is too much that even those, those natural remedies don't really work and the medication can, can help. Um, we didn't know the first time that it wears off. We didn't know that you have to switch it up. Some things have different side effects. Mm -hmm. some of which we didn't like and we found out about later the hard way mm -hmm. um we didn't know to ask and then once we started asking we started finding out things we liked or didn't like you've never liked pills mm -hmm. you've never liked being on things what's really hard is when you're already having trouble let's say in your marriage it may not be just a few days mm. in this case i think maybe we're only in a few days who knows there have been times in our marriage the roughest times that we've had you were in a major swing that was lasting quite a while. We didn't know it. It was in the summer. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't we didn't spot it until much later. We look back and we're like, huh, yeah, I think that was definitely a an episode, if you will. So it can be really hard to say, well, I'm gonna I need to be supportive during this when my tank's already running on empty. I don't really feel like helping somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, we all start to get selfish when we get overwhelmed or if our cups not being filled, that makes it really hard to be patient. It makes it really hard to be understanding when you're already not getting what you need. And to know that it can come back at any time, and it may be the depression talking. I know that sounds like an excuse, but there are times that Allie wouldn't even remember what she said. Mm -hmm. She didn't remember the conversation hardly. She remembers an emotion. And I'm not saying it makes her wrong. I'm saying she did, literally does not remember what was said and what wasn't said. And she has a hard time when it gets really bad. This doesn't happen very often. But she can have a hard time remembering. It's nothing to hide from. It's nothing to conceal from the people around you. I think that you can live with it it definitely won't be easy but you can't just wait for it to go away and fix itself because it won't mm -hmm. you have to take steps and hopefully you've been able to establish a partner in your life enough friends family some people close to you that are really there for you because that's the best help you can get I could go on and on much further, much <laughs> deeper, but I won't do that here for the sake of time. Uh, there is a lot of detail to it underneath and things we still keep learning, but we have both started to recognize many of the red flags that something's going on and we're quicker to jump on it. And hopefully, um, you know, who knows? Hopefully, uh, fingers crossed, it does get better. Um, it's definitely not something that, that you enjoy going through. And it's not, I wouldn't say it's your fault. It's not about fault at all. It's, it's something that we have to deal with. So hopefully this gives some of you out there a little bit of insight into what we've learned from it but um and we're very open to talking about it most people within our circle know this to some extent of what happened i i definitely don't hide it if it 
if something comes up in conversation, you know, mm-hmm. I'll put it out there, but it's not like I'm plugging it into every conversation we have with every single person around us. No. Um, posting it all over my Facebook and, and things like that. But it can be viewed as a weakness, like there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You can't be trusted or relied upon. And that's not true. It is it is very real. It's not something that's imaginary made up or being exaggerated. So those of you struggling with this, keep in mind the people that put up with all of your good and your bad and appreciate them because they're there for you when other people aren't at your best and your worst. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we take that for granted. Hopefully this provides a little bit of insight for people that may have had their own struggles. If you're ready for your marriage and family dynamic to thrive and not just survive, all it takes is 20 minutes or less joining us each week. It begins with a journey of self-improvement while you sit in the carpool lane, commute to work, squeeze in a workout, or get halfway through folding that laundry pile. Be sure to check out the blog at thefamilyorder.com and follow us on Facebook at The Family Order. If you're ready to start your journey, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss new episodes every Monday.